When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor podcast. International break is finally over and in this episode we're going to be looking at the top players to target in game week 13 on Sun Dream Team. Now as always we have the fixture ticker from ffstuff.co.uk and we're going to be looking between game week 13 and game week 16 in this episode. Um, game week 13 is going to be a European double game week and we only have two um, European fixtures left in the group stage game week 13 and then game week 15 then we'll have a bit of a gap there um, until about February I think it is that we start to play the knockouts so game week 13 is European double game week game week 14 is a Premier League double game week like I said 15 is a European double game week and then game week 16 is a Carabao Cup quarter-final round so it's a double game week for the teams that are still left in the quarters and then you'll be glad to hear that we have no more international breaks until March time so we don't have to worry about that um, on ffstuff.co.uk if you move the arrows you can see how many fixtures each team plays between a period of time and I've done this here 13 to 16 the teams with the most fixtures um, doesn't mean that everyone's always going to play in all of them, but Liverpool, Newcastle, Brighton and West Ham all have eight fixtures in this time frame. That's the most. And they're involved in all competitions. So they're in both the European rounds and then they have the Carabao Cup still to play. City, United, Arsenal and Villa have seven fixtures. That's obviously Europe, but no Carabao Cup. Then we have teams with six fixtures, which include Chelsea, Fulham, Everton and Crystal Palace. Not in Europe, but they do have the Carabao Cup fixtures. And then everyone else just has the five fixtures for the month, which includes Spurs as well. On the left-hand side, you can see that I've ticked a few teams and you can narrow this list down uh, based on the teams you want to look at. So Man City, United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Newcastle, Villa, Chelsea, I'm going to throw in there. Brighton, West Ham and Palace are the teams that I'm going to cover in this episode. Um, I've ranked these roughly um, based on how good I think the fixtures are. I like Arsenal's, I like Liverpool's. City are obviously just that good. Their fixtures are quite tough, but you have to put them up there anyway. Then it's a bit tougher. So United have got a good week in game week 13, but they start to get a bit more difficult. Villa sort of seem to have one good fixture, one bad fixture for the next couple of weeks. Um, for example, Spurs, then Legia Warsaw, Bournemouth, then City, Arsenal, then Zerinsky. So there's always one bad fixture sandwiched with a good fixture. And then Brighton and West Ham are tough. So Brighton, um, their fixtures look so, so good on paper. But they are struggling with this European football this season. So I've put them a bit lower down than what I usually would say if it was last season. And then West Ham, their fixture run is really, really good. But they've got a few injury concerns at the minute. Um, I'm just not completely sure they'll be able to keep up with it if they haven't got the likes of Bowen, um, Antonio, for example. But they will still be good to target. We'll go on to... Um, 
the game week 13 fixtures. So Liverpool and City is a big clash. We've got a lot of good teams playing each other this week. Liverpool play City. Newcastle play Chelsea. And Spurs play Villa. Um, so if your team looks anything like mine, it doesn't look like an ideal week. I think this is going to be one of these weeks that we sort of seem to struggle through. Um, a lot of teams playing each other. But City, Liverpool, and then RB Leipzig, it does look like a tough week. Man United looks good on paper. Everton, Galatasaray, but then United's form hasn't been great. Everton away isn't a great fixture. They've just been docked points. It might be a tough one to go to. Arsenal have probably got the best fixtures this week with Brentford away and then Lons at home, but Brentford is always a tough game as well. Lons beat Arsenal in the last leg. Liverpool, obviously that game against City, that early kickoff on Saturday. LASK in the Europa League. Newcastle, Chelsea and PSG, two tough games. Chelsea are looking good at the minute and PSG is obviously a tough fixture. Lots of injury problems at Newcastle as well. Aston Villa, like I said, good fixture, bad fixture. So Spurs away doesn't look the best, but Spurs do have injury concerns of their own. Legia Warsaw at home though should be okay. Chelsea just the single with Newcastle. Brighton away at Forest and away at AEK Athens. West Ham away at Burnley and away at BAC in the Europa League. And then Crystal Palace have Luton away from home. Um, so I think the best fixtures this week are Arsenal, Brighton, but they are struggling for players. United, but their form is a bit dodgy. And then West Ham, but they could be without Bowen. So it just isn't a perfect game week in my opinion at the moment. But longer term, I think Arsenal look like they've got good fixtures long term. Uh, Brentford Lons, then in game week 14, Wolves Luton, uh, I know quite a few people might be looking to target that one for their park the bus chip, and then it starts to get a little bit tougher in 15, Villa, PSV, and then 16 is Brighton, uh, Liverpool looks good pretty much the whole way through minus this City game really, so City, LASK, then again in 14, park the bus maybe, Fulham, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace away, um, Union St. away, and then two home games, Man United and West Ham. So it gets a bit tougher in 16. Villa's pretty good the whole way through, um, but still keeping to that every other fixture. So their home form is really good, but that's where their, their games are quite tough. City and Arsenal stand out as tough fixtures, but the other fixtures look okay. Um, Chelsea start a really good run in game week 15. So that's why we're going to include them and Crystal Palace for that matter. So Newcastle away, Brighton at home and then Man United away look tough. Then it goes Everton, Sheffield United, Newcastle. Crystal Palace goes Luton, West Ham, Bournemouth. Three really good fixtures. Eze's got my attention for that. But then theirs goes Liverpool, City, Brighton. So you might be able to swap from Chelsea to City potentially in that run, whether it's a Palmer and Eze or whether it's your goalkeeper with Johnston. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. Right, we're going to go to the top players to target. I'm going to start with my team, Arsenal, because I do think we have the best fixtures this game week. So Brentford away, Lons at home. We've got the least goals conceded in the Premier League with 10, which is tied with Liverpool. So if you did have your eye on the part of the bus chip in game week 14, Liverpool and Arsenal conceded the least amount of goals in the Premier League. But there's a few question marks over Arsenal at the minute um, in defence specifically. So you've got Ben White missed the last game, um, a surprise um, exclusion from the squad. Apparently he was carrying something, so he was missing from that one. Um, apparently is going to be a, a late fitness test before the game. 
Um, finished severe with a few issues. Gabriel Jesus, um, that's an interesting one because he was injured for Arsenal, uh, hadn't played for a little while, and then he got called up to international duty with Brazil, and he went on to play 90 minutes against Argentina. So someone's called Arteta's bluff with these injury... Um, well, it's not even a fake injury because he was out for a while, but Brazil basically didn't trust that he was injured, called him up for an important game, and they played him for 90 minutes. So hopefully... Um, he's all right for Arsenal going forward. Saka, I'm going to say he's the, the best player to target. It's pretty obvious, 6.5 million. He's got six goals, nine assists in all competitions. Third for bonus overall, and he's scoring 8.1 points per game. And these next four look great for the Arsenal attack. So Brentford away, Lons at home, Wolves at home, and Luton away. To be honest, I do expect that Saka will probably start in all of these games. So I think he's... The main man to have in your team from Arsenal. But I do quite like the look of a double Arsenal attack um, for these fixtures. Saka, obviously, but then Jesus. I think we wait and see, just just make sure that he definitely is okay. But he should be starting now, really, if he is playing for Brazil. Martinelli looks really good. Um, and Saka, Jesus and Martinelli seem to play so well together. So that'll be exciting. But Trossard done really well as well when he came in. Um, for Jesus, so there are a few options there, there could be rotation there, but I do think that once Jesus is fit, it probably is going to be Saka, Jesus and Martinelli most of the time. Um, Saliba, 3.6, I think he's the safest option from the defence um, in the internationals, he's, not, he's actually out of favour, um, I think it's Deschamps is the um, manager of France, but anyway, it doesn't seem to fancy him, he didn't start the first game for France, um, but he did play in that second game. I think he played 90 minutes in that second game, but shouldn't be a concern. He got nine points in the last game. I brought him in last week, just ahead of that goal against Burnley, so happy with that. He's got one goal, one assist this season so far, and he's played in, or started, 16 of Arsenal's 18 games. So I think that's as safe as it gets, really, for Saliba. Uh, but only the five bonus points. Um, tied with Matty Cash in third for defenders points um, so a really really good option there and if you are looking to play part of the bar so just if you want to capitalize on these arsenal fixtures i think saliba is the best way to go um, but like i said i think there's an argument to have saka plus a second midfielder or even saliba plus a second defender um, so i'm going to break those ones down um, i think erdegaard is a good option at 4.9 million he has been missing from the last few games he came back he had an injury he came back and played I think like 10 minutes against West Ham and got a late goal and then was missing from the the game following on from that. And now a lot of people were criticising Arteta after that, saying you brought him back too quickly. Why did you do that? He's got re-injured. Well, it turns out that he took a ball to the face in training, apparently, and got concussion. So actually it wasn't linked to that first injury. And then he missed the... Uh, the two games following on from that with this concussion protocol, um, apparently. So he should be back after not going away on the international break. He should be fresh. Um, but it's just whether or not you want to take that chance. He hasn't played. He didn't go in on the international break. He should be back. But Arteta gives nothing away. So if you don't want to go Odegaard, um, you could still go Martinelli. I think that is a safer option. But obviously Martinelli did go away for the internationals. Um, Erdegaard's on five goals, three assists, 
with only six bonus. So he's, I think he's comparable to like a Bruno Fernandes. He's getting goals, he's getting assists. He, he gets his points from shots, that sort of thing. Big chances created, but not that well on bonus. Martinelli, on the other hand, 4.5 million. He's got 18 bonus points from 13 games played, which I think is pretty impressive. Uh, slightly less attacking returns at the moment, two goals and three assists. And he's averaging... Uh, 6.7 points per game over the last three. So I think I'm preferring Martinelli just because of those bonus points. It might just be the sort of player I am, but I prefer to have players that will just tick along rather than blank goal, blank goal. And that can get a little bit frustrating. So I think Martinelli is probably the guy that I'd pick out of those two. Second defender for Arsenal is really tough. Um, you've got Ben White at 4.4 million. Gabriel at 4.2, Zinchenko at 3.4, and then scraping the barrel a bit, but you could go to Tomiyasu, uh, Tomiyasu at 2.3. None of them are perfect at the minute, so I think typically you'd choose Ben White if he wasn't missing from that last game and if he wasn't facing a late fitness test. Personally, I think he's going to be all right, and I think he'll play, but without seeing the lineups, the new Dream Team game, if you do go there, you are taking a risk. But if he's fit, he is the most nailed alongside Saliba in that Arsenal defence, I think. Gabriel, in this next four, he probably starts three of them. But because he started both games for Brazil at the back, I do think he does have a bench in coming somewhere in this next four. But it's impossible to really tell. If I had to call it, I'd say it was either, either of the home games. Lons at home in the Champions League or Wolves at home in the Premier League. Uh, if you've got him in your park, the bus ideas for 14, it might not be ideal, but it's the risk you take. But all I remember is last time the internationals happened. I think we played him for the Chelsea game. Um, I think we played him for Sevilla in the Champions League. And then he was benched for the Sheffield United home game. So I think they'll choose probably the home fixture and then what looks like the better fixture um, to maybe swap him with Kivior. Zinchenko, 3.4 million. Obviously, he's quite a bit cheaper. He's going to go up in price as well because he did score that um, scissor kick goal in the last one. He'll go up in price. He'd done all right. I think he got like 11 points. He is sort of a one in two player. That's the only thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if Zinchenko didn't play Brentford. And they opted for Tomiyasu for the height because they're quite a direct side. But then I do expect that he'd probably start the Lons game. Maybe start the Wolves game as well. Two home games where we're going to have most of the ball. And then Luton, I'm, I'm not completely sure. Uh, it could be Tomiyasu or it could be Zinchenko. But I think that is a risk with Zinchenko. He probably plays every other game or sort of three out of four games. Um, Raya, I would have been interested in. But he won't play against his parent club in Brentford. But I do think that he is a good option. Um, like I just said, we've got a few rotation risks there in the Arsenal defence. Do you just go for Raya, keep him in and know he's going to play? There is, I guess, the odd chance that Ramsdale plays Brentford. And maybe Raya plays Lons and Arsenal win and qualify. Maybe then the next European game just gets given to Ramsdale because we're through and he hasn't played in the Champions League yet. I'm not completely sure, but I do like Raya, or I am interested in Raya at 3.7. I'm 
going to then come on to Liverpool. I think they've got, alongside Arsenal really, the second best fixture. It's just that Man City game really that makes it not so good. Um, like I said, least goals conceded in the Premier League with 10, tied of Arsenal. They kept a clean sheet in the last game against Brentford. They are the early kickoff on Saturday, so you do have the benefit probably of getting a, a leak on Twitter of what the lineup could be. But it's Man City, um, away at Man City, so it is a tough call. Um, I do still think the attacking players will be okay, but it's the defence that I'm a bit worried about. And if you've got your eye on game week 14, it, it is a dilemma because most of the defenders are going to go up. So you want to get them in before they go up. But then they play City. So do they end up going down after? Virgil van Dijk's a classic example at 3.9 million. Uh, probably going to go up because he kept the clean sheet. But then you're putting him in for City. And he probably doesn't play in the European game. So by the time he gets a 14, he could end up coming back down again. Um, it is a dilemma. Um, but I think if I was playing it in 14, I probably would just get him in anyway. Um also, Liverpool, so their attack's fully firing. Uh, I think they're top for XG in the Premier League and third for goals scored. And Mohamed Salah has 12 goals and four assists so far for the season. Scored two against Brentford in the last game, uh, 14 points. And if you captained him, you probably thought you'd made the right choice. You still made a really good choice, but then Haaland still went on to outscore him in that Chelsea game. Um, I can't think of any good reason, really, why you wouldn't own Salah and Haaland both together at this point. Uh, he's the second highest scorer with 132 points. The only downside, I guess, is um, the European fixtures are uncertain. They're pretty comfortable in Europe now, um, but he has just been so, so good. And when he does come off the bench, he ends up getting something anyway. So I think Salah's near enough essential. I don't like saying that word, but Salah and Haaland, I think, are. Um, Nunes at 4.5 million. He's looking on really good form, um, away on international duty as well, scoring goals. He's got seven goals and eight assists from 17 games. And I think what's even more impressive, um, of those, what, 15 attacking returns, um, only nine of those games were starts as well. So he is having a very good season. He can be frustrating because obviously only nine starts, but he does seem to deliver when he does play. Third most shots on target. Um, and Salah has the most big chances created now as well. So Salah is putting them on a plate for Nunes. It's just he doesn't always put them in the back of the net. Um, he's just a high volume player. So he takes a lot of shots, but he does miss a lot of shots as well. Um, started the last three Premier League games though, Darwin Nunes. Um, I expect him to typically play sort of 1.5 games in a double game week. He'll probably start one and come off the bench in the other. Now, Liverpool defence. So, I still, like I said, I, I think I still would consider Liverpool defence even with City next. So, I've got Simicass in my team still. Um, and he's due a rise. I'm not going to take him out just because it's City. I probably will just bank that price rise. I think that will be valuable in the long term. And then the fixtures do get good after that. Um, and then if you are playing part of the bus, for example, if you don't get him in now... You're probably going to end up paying more for them uh, before that game week 14. And then not only that, you'll bring them in. And if they do have a bad week against City, you're going to bring them in and they'll straight away go down. So it's, it is a tough one with these new price changes. I think I probably would just get them in if I wanted them for game week 14. 
Trent, 5.5 million. Obvious pick if you are playing part of the bus. He's got the highest upside. He's got four assists. Uh, better better fixtures than Trippier, who I think is quite comparable. Um, he's averaging 5.5 points per game and has 10 bonus points so far. He just isn't guaranteed um, two games a week with Europe. But I think overall he has actually played more European fixtures than I expected. Uh, Virgil van Dijk at 3.9 million. Um, I think that looks like a really, really good price. I can't see him uh, being this cheap later on in the game. So I do think it is a good time to get onto him. 11 bonus points. Um, if you compare that to Saliba, for example, I think Saliba had five. So he's got more than double Saliba's bonus points. So does seem to do fairly well for bonus as a centre-back. But again, no Europe. And while Trent has been playing the odd European game, I don't think Virgil is going to be risked for any of these European games. I think he played the odd one, and that was when he was suspended in the Premier League. So if you do bring in Virgil van Dijk, you probably get the price rise. You get him for game week 14, but you're only going to get him for that Man City game. So that's the disappointing thing. Uh, but part of the basket, I still would get him in. And then the fixtures look so good after that. 14, Fulham, Sheffield United. 15, Crystal Palace, Union Central War, which he might not play in that one. Uh, Man United at home, I think, I think that's a good fixture. Um, and then West Ham in the Carabao Cup. I don't know whether they'll play their full team in that. Arsenal home, Burnley away. Premier League double in 17. I think that looks good. And the last person I'm going to go on to, Simakas. Um, now, I was close to getting rid of him. I would have got rid of him if I could have afforded to swap him to Saliba, but I couldn't. I kept hold of him, and he ended up delivering. Uh, and I, I do think this was just an absolute freak week, really. Uh, quite a lot of people I spoke to think that Gomez was due to start that game. So I think... Uh, Simakas was brought off at half-time, gave away a silly mistake in the European fixture. He was obviously benched for the Luton fixture before that. Uh, so it wasn't really looking good for Simakas. A lot of people got rid um, on other games as well. I got rid of him or benched him. But I just couldn't get rid of him this week. So I kept hold of him and he ended up getting two assists and 14 points. So I'm going to say that was pretty lucky. And most people I speak to seem to think that Gomez would have started that game if he didn't pick up an injury sort of in the hours before kickoff. So I think that was just a bit of a freak. He probably would have started. I'm still not completely sold on having him in my team, but obviously I'm going to keep him for the price rise. I'm going to hope that he plays in 14, but then eventually I am going to look to move him on if he doesn't play. Manchester City up next. So... Again, been on a very impressive run since that loss to Arsenal. Beat Brighton, Young Boys, Man United, Bournemouth, Young Boys again. Had a little wobble in that Chelsea game. That was a surprising game, a bit of a freak game. Uh, but they have been on a good run. Uh, five games in a row, they've scored three or more goals. So they are banging in the goals for fun. Haaland getting a big chunk of those. They do have three tough fixtures in a row. Liverpool, RB Leipzig and Tottenham. But they are all at home. Their home form is very impressive. They then face Aston Villa away, which I think I'd still say that is a tough fixture. Especially with Villa's home form. They're looking really good. But then it's away to Luton. Away to uh, oh, Red, 
Red Bull Salzburg. I think I've got that wrong. Uh, Red Star Belgrade. Crystal Palace at home. And then Everton away. But you can see between 16 and 17, uh, they play in the Club World Cup. So they have, in game week 16, the Crystal Palace game. They're then away. Missed the second fixture that week. And then they missed the first fixture of game week 17. So in game week 17, most teams would have a Premier League double. City just have one. And in game week 16, there's teams that have the Carabao Cup, but Crystal Palace, um, City are out of it anyway, but they play Crystal Palace at home. So maybe in 16 and 17, you don't want to have too many City players. Uh, we'll go with Haaland first. 7.7 um, 7 million. Just, uh, I'm not going to spend that much time on it. Get him in. 17 points against Chelsea. Uh, I just think it was never worth the risk of not having him and even cap not captain him now that Chelsea game looked like it was a tough one I went for it anyway um, and he banged so I'm gonna keep captaining him through probably this Liverpool game RB Leipzig looks good uh, Spurs probably captain him there they've got a few injury problems at the back and then Villa uh, keep conceding goals anyway so I still think Haaland is going to be the best captain most weeks Foden at 4.7 million. Um, I was on the Dream Team Tonic podcast yesterday, yesterday and I was explaining that everyone's got Haaland. So I feel like you, when City are scoring this many goals, um, five games scoring three or more goals in a row, I think you want to have Haaland plus another. Um, and that other is Foden for me at 4.7. You got the maximum five bonus points against Chelsea. Two shots on target that game and 10 points. Fourth highest scoring midfielder in the game with 105 points. And he's got 21 bonus points from 16 games. Five goals, four assists. So I think Foden is a really, really good um, second option from City. I know Alvarez has been popular as well. Um, but Foden is the guy in my team at the minute. Alvarez has sort of dipped in form a little bit. So I think he's probably the second best attacking option at City at the moment. You will get the odd bench in, but when he does play, he delivers. I think he's uh, hit double figures in three of his last four fixtures. So Foden, a very, very good pick. Defensively, I'm not so keen. I still don't have any myself. If I did, it would be Akanji at 4.4 million or Kyle Walker at 3.7. They're the two that I'd be considering at the moment. Um, Akanji got his third goal of the season, which is pretty impressive uh, against Chelsea's got three bonus points and he's on 10 bonus for the season so again compare that to Saliba for example who's got five Akanji does seem to do quite well for bonus um, and as you can see I've got on the sofa score screenshot of how they lined up against Chelsea and Akanji was the guy that was moving um, from centre-back into midfield and then it was like a back three of Walker Diaz uh, Vardiol um, but I just don't particularly like this run. Uh, Liverpool, RB Leipzig, Spurs, Villa, all can score goals, those teams. So I wouldn't be too sure of clean sheets. Um, Bernardo Silva is the last person I'm going to highlight at 3.9 million. They have got loads of good options. Doku's a good option. Um, Grealish has been, but not so much at the minute. But I just think... He's trusted for big games, and these are big games. Liverpool, maybe not Leipzig at this stage, but Spurs, Villa as well. These are big games, and Guardiola trusts Bernardo at 3.9. And he does seem to be playing a more attacking role. He was playing a bit deeper last season, uh, but with Rodri lining up with 
like a Kanji in the middle there or um, Kovacic, for example. Bernardo can get further forward. I was looking at the heat maps and I do think he'll have a more attacking role. The only thing is Bernardo at 3.9 and Rodri at 4. I think Rodri ends up playing more games than what Bernardo does. So I do think Rodri probably is the better option there. I'm not putting either of them in my team, um, but I do think they are both okay picks. Manchester United. I always say this one with a sigh when we come on to them. Um, Everton and Galatasaray up next. Looks good on paper. Um, but as we've seen from them this season, football is not played on paper. Um, then followed by some tough fixtures. Newcastle away, Chelsea at home. Bournemouth at home looks okay, but then they follow up with Bayern Munich. And then Liverpool away in 16. So I do really think this game week 13 is the, the ones to target. But the rest look pretty tough. They did obviously keep a clean sheet in that last game. Um, so I've got the uh, FF stuff match centre um, screen on the right hand side so Anana with 9, Region with 9 Dallow with 8, Maguire with 7 and Lindelof with a goal, 13 points so done alright at the back, you'll get a rise out of those players Onana did pick up an injury in the international break but apparently he's set to be fit for Everton so I don't think that's a worry Luke Shaw though is due back um, you, I don't think you can really consider him in your team because he's 4.9 million uh, that price obviously based mostly off last season but yeah you were not going to be spending 4.9 million on a United defender at the minute in my opinion um, and Rasmus Hoyland um, picked up a fire injury so I don't think he's going to be playing either so it's not looking that great on the injury front one thing to consider with Luke Shaw is that obviously left back um, Dallow has been playing a mixture of right back and left back but since Wambasaka came back um, Dallow sometimes been playing on the left um, Luke Shaw is going to be taking minutes off of, I guess, Dallow. Um, and, I mean, he has played at centre-back at times as well when they were struggling. So maybe he'll end up taking minutes off the defenders. I'd be a little bit worried with the United defenders. Um, the only person I'm really interested in, um, and I've got him in my team, is Bruno Fernandes. He has been frustrating. Uh, I, I feel like the perception ha has been that he's been worse than actually he has um, 5.7 million, I brought him in just the four points against Luton, that's probably why it's frustrating, but the week before he hauled, uh, I think got two goals that week, um, he probably does end up dropping as well, where he is so expensive, um, he gets affected by these price drops quite a bit, but I think I'm going to try and separate the emotion from it, uh, the frustration, and just hold through, because he does seem to be doing okay overall, um, he is expensive, uh, but he does have quite a good upside. So he's on 99 points so far for the season. Um, so I do think he's a good pick. And then I've got this tweet up on the screen from Dream Team. So he's first for big chances created. They've got him down as. Um, they've got first for shots on target. Third most expensive player, which is not great. Um, this is from the midfielders, sorry. Um, tackles, fourth, which you don't always expect him to be doing that well for tackles. Uh, fifth highest uh, scoring midfielder for points, eighth for ownership, and ninth for accurate crosses. So he is doing quite well in the things that get you those additional points. So I'm going to keep him in for the moment, but those fixtures do get a bit tougher. 
Before we move on to Aston Villa, if you enjoyed the episode so far, please do leave a like, uh, subscribe to the channel if you're not already. And if, if you're listening on the podcast platforms like Spotify and the others, please do uh, leave us a like or give us a follow on there as well. And then, as I said yesterday, we filmed a live stream with the Dream Team Tonic podcast. We had Fergie, former uh, dream team winner on the pod as well so do check that one out that's available now for everyone on youtube so do check that one out and if you want to join our discord community of dream team managers uh, there'll be a link in the description below for that as well right aston villa so like i said they've got tough fixture sandwich between good fixture so spurs ligia warsaw uh, Legia Warsaw at home, Spurs away. Spurs away is going to be a tough game, but Spurs do have a few injury problems. Game week 14, it's Bournemouth away and then City at home, so good, then tough. And then game week 15 is Arsenal at home and Zerinsky away, so some tough ones thrown in there. But then 16, it's a single against Brentford. And in 17, it's home to Sheffield United and away to Manchester United, so not terrible. I'm losing a bit of trust in their defence, though. As you can see, I've got their... Recent results on the screen. Um, just conceding the odd goal. You can see Wolves, they conceded one. Um, West Ham, they conceded one. AZ Alkmaar, they conceded one. Luton, they conceded one. That one was particularly annoying. Uh, didn't keep a clean sheet against Forest. Conceded one against AZ Alkmaar. And conceded one against Fulham. So you can even look at that as their defence lacks concentration and they're not keeping clean sheets. Or they're very close to keeping clean sheets and they are coming. But I just don't see them coming against Spurs. I don't see them coming against City. And I don't see them coming against Arsenal. And then if you're like me and you've got Matty Cash, the good fixtures, uh, Zerinsky, Legia Warsaw, there's no guarantee of a start. Um, so it is quite tough. But I'm going to start with the attacker or attackers. Um, I'm going to start with Ollie Watkins, 4.7 million. Now, I did I did consider taking him out initially, looking at these at first glance. Uh, but Spurs, they've got Romero out, suspended. Um, I think Yadogi might be a, a injury concern. Uh, Venn, their other great centre-back, is injured. So I'm just thinking, although it looks bad on paper away at Spurs... Uh, their defence might not be what it has been so far this season. So I'm going to stick with Ollie Watkins for this one. Um, and then the following week, Bournemouth City. Um, you'd expect him maybe to score against Bournemouth City. Not so sure, but it's at home. Their home form has been really good. And then Arsenal at home as well. I do still think he can score in these tougher games. So I'm going to keep the faith with Ollie Watkins for this run. And then in 17... If you do stick with him, you get rewarded with Sheffield United at home and City away. So I do think that Ollie Watkins probably is going to stay in my team. He's got eight goals and eight assists. He's the fifth highest scoring player on the game at the minute. Uh, one other injury concern as well for Spurs is Basuma as well. I think he's uh, picked up his fifth yellow. So yeah, not looking great for Spurs. That might not be the best Spurs lineup. So I'm going to stick with Ollie Watkins. Cash, he's still a good pick. He's got 80 points, uh, third highest scoring defender. And if I didn't have um, a Bowen injury or potential injury, I probably would have just stuck with my team and rolled the transfer. So I don't, by any means, I don't think he's a bad pick. But I just think if I'm going to make the one transfer to my midfield, I probably may as well just make the two because you can't roll the extra one. So yeah, Cash, I'm probably going to move him on. But I do think he still has been good. 80 points, doesn't lie. And he gets 
even if he does concede goals, he's getting tackles, shots, chances created, all that stuff. So still a good pick, but I'm looking to move on. And then Konza as well, likewise, 3 million. Even though they are conceding the odd goal, he does still keep getting bonus. He's got 21 bonus and he's hit bonus in 13 of his 16 appearances. So both still fine holds. John McGinn, um, I did highlight him. 3.4 million. He's having a good season. Five goals, three assists. Uh, got the maximum five bonus in his last game. But I do think he had a... I think he was flagged maybe for an injury. So I won't be picking him. Uh, but you can keep updated on that if you have him. And then Douglas Louise, I think he's all right. Uh, not going to pick him myself. But five goals, two assists on pens. Probably does deserve a shout out. 83 points. But... I'm just not keen on the fixtures. For me, Aston Villa at the minute, uh, probably just going to be Ollie Watkins. Newcastle, um, injury problems at the minute. I think international break came at a good time for them. They could regroup a little bit. I think Isak is apparently due back, uh, but they had back-to-back -back losses against Dortmund and Bournemouth, so it wasn't looking great. Game week 13 looks tough on paper, so Chelsea at home, PSG away. And then game week 14, United home, that's probably okay. But then Everton away is n not an easy fixture. And I do feel like with this 10-point um, deduction, it could go either way. I think it could sort of galvanise them a little bit. Um, they'll have a point to prove. So I don't think that's an easy fixture. 15 Spurs, AC Milan. So they did well in these tough games. Obviously, PSG, Dortmund the first time round uh, wasn't terrible. But with this lack of, uh, with this these injury problems, I do think it is a little bit concerning. Livermento was someone that we did get our hopes up a little bit that he could start. Um, he didn't and then came on off the bench. Uh, Hall started that one, but he can't play against Chelsea because he's on loan from them. So um, looks like Livermento could get that game, but I probably wouldn't be going there. If I did want to have the budget player, I probably just would go Lascelles now at 2.1 million. Probably just a little bit safer. Uh, Isak at 4.2 million though I do like the look of that um, especially with Wilson out for about six weeks I think it is possibly till the new year he probably will take penalties as well but I just think you've got Watkins Darwin and Alvarez at the minute in a similar price bracket and those teams are probably looking a little bit better than Newcastle at the moment um, Kieran Trippier is always going to be good to own 5.5 million, 20 bonus points. I'm just not that confident of clean sheets at the minute with these um, injuries to Botman um, and Dan Burns. So still a good pick, but I don't have him. Um, and he did go home from England duty with a personal issue. Um, I've not heard anything about that since. So it might be a risk. I'm not too sure, but maybe we can wait till a little bit later to find out. We might hear something in the press conferences. And then Anthony Gordon, 3.6. Enjoyed owning him earlier in the season. Uh, four goals, four assists. I still do think he's a great enabler. And he probably is going to play twice a week in these European tyres. But I'm just starting to turn my attention maybe away from him as an enabler. And I'm quite liking the look of Eze um, or Cole Palmer, both on penalties at the minute. Um, but they don't have Europe, so just one thing to consider. And then Brighton, I don't really have that much to say on Brighton. Last season, we would have been all over these fixtures. Forest, AEK Athens, Chelsea, Brentford, Burnley, Marseille. 13 to 15 looks good, but they just have so many injuries, and they are struggling at the minute having both Premier League and European games to play. A lot of rotation as well. 
Um, I'm just not willing to trust their defence at the minute. They're not really keeping that many clean sheets. I think they did keep a couple in the Europa League. Um, but I think Dunk's a risk. Estepinion's out. So, yeah, for me, I, I wouldn't be going for their defence personally. Um, Matoma didn't go on international duty. Um, he had a slight problem and apparently he might miss the next game. So I think he probably is an avoid or a sell. Um, Adingra probably is the only person that I think it's worth considering at the minute. 2.8 million. Uh, mentioned him in the last episode and he did go on to score in the last game. Got his fourth goal of the season. He's also got three assists. Got 11 points against Sheffield United. Um, and did go up 0.3 million. Ansu Fati was the other person. Um, these are the two wingers that have been playing without March and Matoma. Uh, but I just don't see why you'd pay 3.7 million for Ansu Fati when you can pay 2.8 for a Dingra. Um, for the million that you save, or roughly, I just think it's worth having a Dingra. Then on to West Ham. So actually their form is looking pretty good. They got the win against Olympiacos. They got the win against Forest. Um, did lose to Brentford, but... Most of their players on Dream Team-wise did fairly well. And then they knocked Arsenal out of the Carabao Cup. So their form has been fairly good. I've got Bowen. He's been doing really well for me. Uh, but I'm just concerned about this knee injury. I did think this injury was a little bit of a hoax. I did think this injury was going to be... Antonio got injured in the international break. And then all of a sudden Bowen got injured. And I just thought... I just thought that that's, that's West Ham calling him back. They don't want him to play in this pointless friendly for England. Um, or, or not, a dead rubber for England, rather, not friendly. Um, but it does, it's starting to turn out or look like that Bowen does have a legitimate injury. 5.2 million. Um, it is expensive, but he has been really good. Nine goals, three assists, 119 points. Uh, but apparently he does have fluid on his knee at the minute. Um, so he, they don't know what sort of time frame it's going to be. It probably looks short term. Um, he is marked up as a potential return this week, and uh, this is PremierLeagueInjuries.com, 50% chance of playing. But for 5.2 million, I just don't think I want to take the risk. I think I would probably just replace him this week anyway, unless we hear anything else uh, elsewhere. And then if he does end up playing, just get him back, because the fixtures long-term look good. Burnley, BAC, Crystal Palace, Spurs, Fulham, uh, Freiburg, Wolves, and then it gets a bit tougher, Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal. But all the way through to about 16 does look good. Wolf-Prowse, um, 4.2 million. Now that could just be the obvious move, really. If you do have Bowen and don't have Wolf-Prowse, you could just move down. Another two assists in that Forest game, 11 points. He's now on two goals and nine assists for the season. Um, so yeah, that could be a straightforward swap. Save yourself a little bit of money. Um, but I'm just a little bit concerned if Bowen is out. Antonio is out. I'm just a little bit concerned that losing... I mean, Antonio isn't great, but they are losing two key players for them. Um, so I'm just not sure whether I still would want to go for Ward-Prowse. Uh, Paqueta, 3.9 million, has been doing well. He got his fifth goal against Forrest, got 10 points in that game. And he's on 94 points. He's actually tied with Madison, and he's five points behind Bruno Fernandes. So he's also having a really good season. Um, and he is the penalty taker when he's on, and I think when Ben Rama's not on the pitch. Um, but still 3.9, a really good option. He's picking up points for tackles and stuff like that as well. I just don't think he's quite for me, though. Lastly, I'm going to come on to the ones that don't have European football. So Chelsea, Spurs, Crystal Palace. Now, 
less fixtures, obviously. Um, like I mentioned, West Ham, Newcastle, Liverpool have 10. Other European sides have 9. City have 8. And then you've got Chelsea on 8, Spurs on 7, and Crystal Palace on 7. Uh, but the players I'm going to mention from these teams, realistically, if you do choose them, they're probably going to play every game. Whereas with these um, like Liverpool players, City players, even Arsenal players, there will be rotation in Europe. It's the later stages in Europe as well. So they may end up just playing the same amount of games. Um, so it's something to think about. Cole Palmer, 3 million for Chelsea. The fixtures are quite tough. Newcastle away, Brighton at home, United away. And then it goes Everton away, Sheffield United, Newcastle, Wolves, Crystal Palace. So from about 15, the fixtures get a lot better for Cole Palmer. He's on four goals, five assists, and only costs three million. He scored another penalty in that City game against his old club. Um, all four of his goals have been penalties, and he scored four penalties in his last six games. So these aren't going to continue, but it is... Pretty impressive to have a three million pound player in your team that's on penalties for um, what is a pretty attacking side as well. So we need enablers in our squad, um, and that three million, I do think he's a good. And if you can have an enabler that takes penalties, uh, I do think that is a good option. I'm going to go to Son from um, Spurs. I don't. I won't be picking him personally. I'd rather Nunes or Watkins. Um, I do still think, although the fixtures are tough, Villa at home and City away. High line, Son, he scores in these big games. He could be an option um, if you're after a differential, but personally, it won't be for me. Next four fixtures, three of them are at home as well. So that is also something to consider. But no Madison, the first signs weren't great um, in the last game. So I'm going to chuck him in there, but... I wouldn't be picking him. And then Eze, someone who I'm seriously considering, 3.6 million. Luton away from home. West Ham away from home. And then Bournemouth at home. Um, that's a double game week, West Ham and Bournemouth. I like them three fixtures a lot. And I like Eze a lot. Um, he was really good earlier in the season. 23 bonus points from 11 games. He's a 90-minute man. And he's... Averaging two bonus a game, basically. So two points for playing. Two points, pretty much guaranteed bonus, it looks like. So he's almost starting on four points each game. And then when you consider he's got pens, he's hitting tackles, and any shots on targets he gets as well, um, or assists even. I do think he looks like a really, really good option at 3.6. And I like what he lets you do with that extra money as well. That... That is the real reason why I like him. And looking at these fixtures as well, if you go Luton, West Ham, Bournemouth for Eze, you could potentially, if you want to take him out ahead of Liverpool, City, Brighton, you could swap him in game week 15. And instead of playing Liverpool, you swap him to Kyle Palmer, who then plays Everton, Sheffield United, Newcastle Wolves and Palace. So I do think that that works quite well. And it's a nice little enabler slot. And both of these players are going to get you penalty takers. So you're going to have a, whole, a penalty taker the whole way through this run. Uh, I do like it. Right, on to my team update then. So for game week 12, which seems a long time ago uh, now, 113 points. I am up to 40th in the overall leaderboard. 
uh, on 1,316 points. I have played the part of the bus chip, so I won't be um, playing it in game week 14 like some people. Um, but here's how all my points went this week. So Johnston got me zero. Simakas, I said I was probably quite lucky to keep hold of him, 14 points. Saliba, I brought in, got me nine. Cash got me five. Bowen got me nine points. Saka got me seven. Bruno, just the four against Luton, was disappointing. And Foden with ten. Like I said, he got the five maximum bonus points. And then up front, Ollie Watkins with seven. Salah with 14. And Haaland was my captain, got me 34 points. Um, so impressed with that week. Done pretty well. And what full, rank 40 is probably the, the highest I've ever been on Dream Team. So... Well happy with that. Um, Saliba, yeah, he came in, done well. I'm going to keep hold of him. Uh, Bruno, disappointed, but I just can't keep flip-flopping between having him, being disappointed, take him out, he does well, being disappointed, bring him back in. Dis I mean, I think you've just got to keep with him um, and hope he delivers. The fixture run does get a bit tougher, so I think I'll reassess a little bit later on down the line. Um, I am happy with this team, and if Bowen wasn't flagged, I would be tempted just to just to keep it as it is, and then use the free transfers ahead of game week fourteen, um, when a lot of teams have better fixtures. I know you do end up burning a transfer doing it that way, but sometimes doing nothing probably is the best thing to do. Uh, but with Bowen flagged, with you get it being a double game week, and you getting points for appearances as well now. Um, I just don't want to miss out on having a player that week if he ends up not playing at all. So I think as it stands on Thursday, um, I will be taking Bowen out. Um, I'm not keen on Cash, uh, Cash's fixtures as well. Like I said, he does still chip away at points with shots, assists, goals. But while there's teams like Arsenal and Liverpool who have good fixtures that could be keeping clean sheets I do think I can get away with not having him and I'm not I don't dislike him in any way um, when the fixtures do look better I will get him back but his next fixtures cash are Spurs Legia Warsaw Bournemouth City Arsenal Zerinsky and I just don't see him keeping that many clean sheets in this games so I think we're going to move him out from for an option from either Arsenal or Liverpool and then Bowen as well um like I said, I, I wouldn't probably get him out. I have really enjoyed having him, though. But the options for Bowen's replacement are narrowed down to Erdegaard, Martinelli, Eze, or James Ward-Prowse. I think they're all great options. They've all got really good upsides. Um, defensively, was a little bit tougher. Um, I like... So, it's not... Either way, it's not perfect. I think there's a lot of Arsenal defenders that we have question marks over, but the fixtures are really good. And then Liverpool, the players are going to go up, but they face City and they'll probably rotate in the European one. So it's not ideal. Virgil van Dijk, for example, 3.9. Tough fixture in game week 13, but then looks great in the Premier League double. Ben White, I think, looks a really good option. 4.4, but he's expensive um, and an injury concern with this late fitness test. Gabriel, 4.2. He probably gets rotated in one of the next four. You just don't know when it's going to come, but he's 4.2 million as well. And then Zinchenko, 3.4 million, probably more of a rotation risk, but you do save yourself quite a lot of money. He's a million cheaper than White. 
um, and he is going to get that price rise this week. So could I just maybe get him in, take the price rise, reassess, um, and maybe move on to one of these players from Arsenal that isn't going to rise like a Gabriel or a White. It closes the gap in price then. So these are the things that I've been considering. Um, it's going to be from these players. I'm still not 100% certain what pairing I'm going to go to. I do really like them all, to be honest. Um, but as it stands, I'm looking at these and I can't obviously pair all of them. I can afford to do Erdegaard and Zinchenko. But I just want to see Erdegaard is definitely starting uh, before I go for him. So I think that sort of rules out Erdegaard for the time being. Zinchenko, not perfect. Um, I think it was only a few episodes ago. Um, I was saying that Tomiyasu looks like he's in favour. Um, but it does seem to be that Tomiyasu will play in the games where there's going to be a big one-on-one -on -one battle down that side. So the tougher games. And Zinchenko, or the aerial games as well, like Brentford direct in the air. Um, or Zinchenko will play the games where we're going to dominate the ball. And I see that happening um, for Luton, for Wolves, and maybe Lons as well. So Zinchenko is an okay option. Um, and then if I went Martinelli, he's a lot cheaper, or what, 0.4 cheaper than Erdegaard. But I could then get Virgil van Dijk or Zinchenko. I don't think Virgil van Dijk is ideal if I'm not playing part of the bus. Eze, 3.6 million, and I can afford any of those defenders. Zinchenko, Gabriel, White, or Virgil. I do like that, um, and I do like the idea of swapping him for Cole Palmer. So that is an option. Um, gives me a bit more freedom in defence. Or do I just go Bowen to James Ward-Prowse? Um, and then I can afford anyone with him apart from Ben White. Um, so either way, I just think this week isn't ideal. Um, I don't think there's a perfect, but it might just be a case of choosing the least crap option or the best option of the bunch. And then game week 14, I think things start to look a bit better. At the moment, from me, well, let me know what you think is the best option out of these pairings. Um, Erdogan and Zinchenko, Martinelli with Virgil van Dijk or Zinchenko, Eze with any of the above, or James Ward-Prowse with anyone but Ben White. Um, Personally, at the minute, I'm leaning towards going Martinelli and Zinchenko. Um, Martinelli has played a lot of minutes for Brazil, um, so he could have a benching coming. But with Martinelli, I can see me putting him in and keeping him long term. Um, and he's only going to, if he does get rested, it'll be one game. And then I expect him to start sort of three of the next four. So it's not the end of the world. And then he won't go up in price. That's the only downside. He probably will stay the same, um, is my estimation. Um, and then Zinchenko, though, he might not play Brentford, but home to Lons. I do think we, there's one clean sheet in those. And then the following week as well, Luton Wolves. I do think he probably will play both of those. Um, worst case, he plays one of those. So I don't think it's terrible. Um, but then by getting that price rise, um, if I do this, I'll have 0.5 in the bank left as well. Simicast should go up. Saliba should go up. Zinchenko should go up. I've got a lot of price rises in this team. So I do think that I could just get the price rise on him and then maybe move him on to a better Arsenal option. Once I've seen if Gabriel gets his rest or if Ben White's available. Um, yeah, I, I'm not completely sold on it, but at the moment, this is the one I'm leaning towards. Martinelli and Zinchenko in for Bowen 
and Matty Cash. That is everything for this episode, so thank you very much for watching. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel if you are not already. Uh, likewise, for podcast platforms, if you're listening there, please do leave a like and give us a follow on there as well. And we do have the latest Dream Team Tonic episode up now on YouTube, so I will uh, leave a link to this after this video. Thank you very much for watching, and I will see you on the next one. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.